Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from thenextreel.com. Today we are back talking about Jon Favreau's 2008 film, Iron Man. And joining me again today, I have Chrissy Lenz and Nathan Blackwell from the Most Excellent 80s Movie Podcast. Hey guys. Hello. Hey. How's it going? Very good. Very good. I am excited to be talking about Minute 34 of this film on today's show. The minute starts with Raza's suspicions growing as he continues staring at the bad video feed. And it ends with Yinsen doing some panic typing. Panic typing, man. Ugh. So much stress. This is a stressful minute. We're getting to that point where, I mean, you've got Tony yelling instructions at you. You got people yelling in Hungarian at you. We're blowing stuff up in this minute. I can minute. see why yeah. Jensen wants to just run out of the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got dudes blowing up in this one. We're getting to like this intense part of this film. It's exciting. It's I, I can feel like the act is coming to mm-hmm. an end. There's, there's yeah. light at the end of the tunnel, literally. It's time to get serious, guys. And this is the minute. Right toward the beginning, we have that shot of Raza looking at the video feed. This is the shot that makes me wonder, why does it take until this point for people to figure out that something is going on? <laughs> You've got Yinsen working behind like a, a, a dark wall that they've constructed. And Tony is not in the shot anywhere because he's getting a suit on. It took you guys this long to realize, hey, maybe we should stop them from doing this. Or just have like a guy <laughs> in the room with them, you know, being like, hey. Yeah, right. Hey, cut that out. Yes. I don't know. I don't because they've got like a some guy on a bar stool in the corner. It's, it's on like a they have managed to rig the door to explode. So like when did they do that? No one saw them do that. They're not keeping a careful eye. Well, again, Raza was away from the monitors. When he's away, the troops will mm-hmm. play. None of them were watching. It's a terrible group of people. Yeah. They clearly have no sense of structure within their organization. Yeah. That's what happens when you delegate, man. <laughs> or it's like, like I also think it's believable that like they were just watching them put a bomb on the door, just like, and not, uh, not comprehending what they're seeing. Like, what, what's Tony doing? Oh yeah, he just he had these um, all these things and these canisters, and like he put it on the doorknob. So I just assume that's part of the missile. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are the troops. Now, granted, they were speaking in Arabic at the time, but there's a shot earlier in the film where they're watching. It's Abu. And his two men, Omar and Ahmed, they're watching the monitor as Tony and Yinsen are pulling stuff apart and doing some work. And they're looking at a picture of a Jericho missile, like a black and white photo. And Abu is is holding the picture, trying to look at it. It's like, it doesn't look right. And one of his men says, oh, I think you got to turn the picture upside down. Yeah. (laughs) And it wasn't subtitled. And I'm glad it wasn't because it's a pretty silly line. But I think it speaks to the level of that comedy idiocy that they were applying to a lot of these bad guys. Again, I think kudos to John Favreau for realizing that they play a lot more threatening when you don't know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the idea that so it's established in in this minute that the the Hungarian is barking at them and he's yelling at them in Hungarian. I love the idea that he doesn't he only speaks hungarian he's picked up on this whole tony stark robot thing and he just can't seem to communicate it to anyone because no one else speaks hungarian it's such a strange 
language choice. And I guess that's just part of the joke uh, that we had earlier. It was kind of, this is the payoff for that setup earlier when Yinsen is kind of rattling through all the languages <laughs> and everything. And we finally mm-hmm. get this payoff. I feel like it falls a little flat because all of a sudden it kind of comes out of nowhere. But it is still like, <laughs> it's such a strange moment <laughs> when all of a sudden you have this Hungarian yelling at him. It plays for laughs and I think it ends up working, but it is kind of a strange little moment. Mm-hmm. Well, it adds to the stress where it's like, okay, shoot, they're on to us. They're coming. Yeah, he can't. Yinsen can't even. We stall can't stall. Yeah, with this guy because he. The, we can't speak to him. It just adds elements of something that you can't control. Even though Tony is trying as hard as he can to think of every single thing that might even theoretically happen, you can't predict that they're going to send the guy who speaks Hungarian. <laughs> right. <laughs> And as I did with the other minutes, I did have some people of the Reddit community do some translations for me. There is actual Hungarian getting spoken here, but the Reddit community said it was pretty clear that the actor was not a native speaker. The pronunciation was so bad that it was pretty difficult for them to actually understand. What they could understand, Jensen basically says, one minute, that's what he's saying to the guard at the door who's screaming at him. And then the guard says, what's going on in there? And then says something that sounds like hands up, basically. And come over here, hands up. That was basically kind of what the Hungarian is that they're throwing out there. But, uh, you know, I will say kudos to the filmmaking team for actually throwing in a lot of these languages, even if they do a rough job with some of it. And, you know, kudos also to the actors for trying. Mm -hmm. But it is funny asking all these people on Reddit about these translations and... (laughs) (laughs) Almost every single time they complain about Hollywood always botching their language. (laughs) Why can't Uh, they ever get it right? A classic tradition. (laughs) Right. It's a Hollywoodism. They just got got to butcher it at some point, right? Maybe it's a character choice. Maybe that guy actually isn't Hungarian. (laughs) He just wanted to throw it at him. Let's see what he does with this. He, He took someone else's place on the roster. Uh, yes, I'm the Hungarian, uh, and he's been struggling ever since. <laughs> it does sound like a name you'd give yourself if you're wanting to be an extra bad terrorist. I am yeah. the Hungarian. <laughs> right, right. Try and prove I'm not. And everyone just made an <laughs> None assumption. None of you can tell. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he's totally just like a an FBI narc. You know, he's just, I'm deep undercover, uh... I am Hungarian, you know, he doesn't speak any of the languages, and so he just makes up Hungarian. <laughs> just whatever, whatever he can throw yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, uh, a just a nice moment of kind of this constantly building tension as we have Tony trying to talk to Jensen about this scene, and it ends up playing really nicely because there's this, there's this intensity of the scene, but I really like the way that Robert Downey Jr. plays Tony because you can tell that he is really working to be kind of that calm under pressure guy. Mm-hmm. And I really like that because Jensen is really starting to freak out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. he He's sweating. He's freaking out. And Tony's trying to be like the rock in the situation. Especially when the explosion happens. Jensen is like, oh, I guess that worked. You know, is that what he says? Like, oh, that worked. And then Tony's like, yeah, 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 it worked. We're good. We're good. We're good. You know, kind of 
in the calmer. Yeah, he's like, oh my goodness, it worked all yeah, right. Yeah, trying to keep it steady. And then Tony's reply is, that's what I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> of course it worked. This is all going to work. We're going to be just fine. Sean Tobe, who, who plays Jensen, I mean, he just, he carries it so well. I mean, from the earlier moments we have when he's like almost getting the, the hot coal put into his mouth mm-hmm. to the, the conversation he has with Tony about family and then this just kind of the stressful moment that he's doing here. I just love the way he's adjusting his glasses and he's trying to type and, and figure out what he needs to do to make all this stuff work. It, it works really nicely mm-hmm. for the scene, having him kind of carrying some of the stress and the intensity that the scene is carrying. Yeah, absolutely. The um, We mentioned we, we have this reveal of this bomb that Tony built. You know what's interesting in the script? There's another thing that is revealed that, that Tony is building. In the script, it says, Tony puts the finishing touches on a strange box housing a laser pointer, fan, and tinsel. He tapes the box shut, peeks through a tiny hole in its side. Tony's POV into the box. It looks like the furnace flames in the dark. And then it cuts to Raza's control room. The guards are bored and tired milling about, close on the surveillance monitor, which shows the furnace glowing in the dark. There's a brief shift in the image, and we cut to the lab and we see this strange box Tony's working on being affixed over the surveillance camera. It's such a movie trope of putting something over the camera <laughs> mm-hmm. to disguise it. But I almost believe that it would work better than the guards just not paying attention to the fact that Tony's doing some really crazy stuff right in front of them. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was probably just too many moving parts you know, to oh sure for the movie, um, and this is much more primal. This is much more stressful. But I do believe that Tony would have thought of the cameras, like for more than just like we're going to turn our back to them. You know, like I buy that he would have set something up like that, and then we would have gotten that moment, like from Speed, where the lady drops her purse, where it just like it shifts a little bit, and then it's like, oh wait a minute, something's right. afoot. Um, I think I think it could have played out. I mean, obviously, like the way it is, but I think it could have played out that way too. Then it then it would have seemed like he really thought of everything. Yeah, it, it could have worked, but I mean, we are hitting that point where it's like, come on, let's just move us along. We want to just yeah. get to the point where Tony's finally out of this cave. <laughs> it's interesting though because this is a point where in the script, after they do this and they get it working and everything. It hits this point where Tony says, we're ready, a week of assembly, and we're a go. So at this point in the script, they're still a week away from really being ready. And this is the scene that leads into that backgammon game that they have when they're interrupted by Abu, when Raza comes in and kills him and says, you have till tomorrow. So that's where that scene would have played if they had actually used it that way. Mm. I feel like... Every decision they made about the editing and the structure works a lot better in the finished film. Yeah. What do you guys think? Definitely. Yeah, it, definitely. It, it It's cut in the way of, of just adding to the pressure, adding to the energy and and just realizing we don't need all this information that we just want to kind of get to the action. And we want to see Tony finally fight back. I even think getting a sense of how long it's been is not that important because you kind of imagine that that maybe Tony and Yinsen don't have a sense of how long it's been, you know, like they're losing track of it a little bit. I I think that's probably true. We never see them marking on the wall Mm -hmm. or anything, which is another kind of standard trope of (laughs) tracking time. Mm -hmm. I kind of miss that because I'm always curious, you know, has this been a week? How long has this been? And it's only because I've actually been looking at the script and stuff where, you know, they say it's been months 
And I think it's at one point they talk about it being about three months. Mm -hmm. So I always assumed it was a much shorter period of time. I know initially it was a short period of time because Tony had to do something to stop the the shrapnel from entering his heart. I think initially he only had like a week to live until he built the uh, the RT device in his chest that actually kept all that working the way that it was supposed to. And now because of that, he's able to kind of live a much longer, obviously three months. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of the explosion? How much of this explosion do you guys think is real and how much do you think is CG? Well, it looks like the two dudes on the explosion are flying back. So that's probably a wire rig where they're yanking them back that yeah. initial bit. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like it's it's hard to say. There's definitely some digital camera shake in there. It's a little tricky to tell. I think they do it really nicely, though. You know, they've got... I feel like there's probably a, a some element of fire there. I mean, just... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's so hard to tell these days. I was hoping you'd be able to tell with your <laughs> keen eye for digital fire and everything. <laughs> But like stepping through it, like when you see the flames coming out of the door and the doors buckling and, and blowing out and everything, I, I don't know. It looks. My guess is that it, they probably had some kind of smoke element um, in the in the explosion when they pulled them back and then they added in all the digital fire, maybe some uh, like a, a, a flash effect too, something that they're safe, but it's still kind of projecting a bit of light and some practical elements to it. That would be my guess, but yeah, it's so hard to say. Oh yeah, definitely. I I agree with you one hundred percent, Nathan. Good call. Good call on that. That <laughs> sounds exactly right. <laughs> but but yeah, it doesn't look like any of the stuff around them is really moving like that. There's a wood plank that's set up, and it doesn't seem like it's really getting knocked about by any kind of force. There's sandbags. There's some barrels. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff lining the hallway there that you think would react a little bit. Yeah. I mean, even a jiggle. Yeah. It's one of those moments that I think it just works so nicely. You see the bomb, you know, it's going to come. This is that Hitchcock suspense. You've got the bomb. We know it's there. We're just waiting for it to happen. And then, I mean, this is that moment, you know, it's all coming down now because that explosion just ripped through the hallways and <laughs> yeah. Raza's not going to nope. be very happy at this point. Cats out of the bag. There's literally no going back at this point. Dudes are dead. It's time to go. Yeah, right. This is it. We're still listening to the Mark One track from Ramin Jawadi throughout this minute. Again, the music just drives it so nicely. It's a, it's a great piece of music that gives us the propulsion we need as this action scene plays out. I don't know. Anything else, you guys? I'm still upset that Yinsen didn't get his own robot suit. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the deleted scene where he's disappointed that he didn't get one too as he's loading this onto tony he's like okay now now should i get into mine uh, oh it's just this one. Oh, awkward that would have been really funny sad and funny and that may be why uh you know we never get to see yinsen finish putting uh tony's suit together because he he runs out he's frustrated he can't he can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get one, so I'm leaving. Yeah, and I'd be frustrated too. No, I want my own Iron Man suit. Yeah, <sighs> oh, I'd, I'd sign yeah. up for that. I'd like one too. I don't know about this one. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I might prefer one of the other. Yeah, ones. Yeah, one of the Mark Forty Twos. Right, but this one is pretty fun. It's 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 clunky and fun, just like my car, uh, <laughs> just <laughs> like your car. 
All right, you guys. Well, um, I guess that's it. Let's wrap up for today and we can come back for our uh, final episode of the week tomorrow. Great. Exciting. Yeah, I know. We can kind of see uh, how far Tony makes it out of this cave. If if at all, we're, we're getting to a point where something's going to happen. Trapped in the cave. Where can people find you guys out in the interwebs? Chrissy? Oh, we're all over the interwebs. We are co-hosts of a podcast called The Most Excellent 80s Movies Podcast, available wherever the finest podcasts are stored, but findable on the internet at mostexcellentpod.com. Well, check that out, everybody. And I guess that's it for today's show. So thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at patreon.com slash the next reel. Until next time, true believers. True believers.